Hi friends, it's Sarah Michelle. On this episode, I am recapping all of the awesome conversations from season seven. If you are new to the podcast or wondering where to start or where to catch up, this is a great way to get a little sneak peek about what to expect from each conversation. I'm also sharing some of my thoughts and takeaways from each episode. Season seven included amazing conversations such as my 33 success lessons learned in 33 years of life, our first April Fool's series addressing myths like not having enough formal education with Krista Berry, not having enough formal experience with John Stryker, being air quote too old with Dennis Selkie or air quote too young with Laura Di Benedetto, having a past with Janine Gates, and winning a male-dominated industry as a female with Lori Kelly. We are also getting inspired talking about ambition and drive. We are talking to AMP Academy owner and professional parkourist Josh Amarello about creatively getting there, talking to Liz Recchia about family and politics and making real change stick. I'm sharing how to have a successful pity party, and we're also getting a little creative with some amazingly successful creatives, talking about successful design with Dave Matley, video with Tori Tayanaka, photography with Kristen Kidd and David Weir, writing with Christy Pratt, and publishing with Miss Bella Sophia. I will also be introing everything that you can look forward to next season, and I cannot wait. Another day, another task, think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successful-ish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successful-ish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieved. Successful-ish. Lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Successful-ish. I'm Sarah Michelle, and I'm so excited to recap season seven, seven seasons of Successful-ish. And it's just been such a fun project to be a part of. Thank you to everyone who is listening, all of the listeners and supporters, um, to all the guests who have been on the show to share your expertise. Uh, I love that I've had the privilege of being able to talk to you and learn from you. I hope that if you're listening, you have learned from all of our guests uh, as well. I hope that it has been a good seven seasons of content and I'm excited that there's even more good stuff down the way. And I think it's been really cool to take some time to sort of reflect on the podcast because I think that when we're in the middle of something, we don't always necessarily see the success happening. We don't always see the involvement um, because we're just so in the weeds with it. And I took some time off from this podcast, took a couple months off, and it was a really nice refresh. I actually used a lot of that time to re-listen to past episodes now that I had some space and to listen to it from the perspective of strictly a listener, not from a producer, not from a creator. Um, and not that I'm not fully present and engaged in every conversation I have on this podcast, but I think that there is a difference when you are actively creating and producing because you're listening, but you're also thinking about, you know, is the sound quality okay? Are we hitting the talking points? Are we following a message theme? Um, you're thinking about how you're going to pull out quotes or promote on social media, how you're going to invite in new listeners. It, it's just a whole other business kind of way of thinking. And so to be able to take some time and just listen and just enjoy the conversations and to learn from past guests and um, 
it was really cool just to look back, not only at how far the podcast has come, I, I personally think that the episodes are getting better as they go on. Um, and I think that the early guests we had on the season are phenomenal. And so I'm excited to reshare them and remind people of these amazing conversations we had in the past. But I think the podcast has gotten better because there's more of a flow. We sort of found our voice. Um, I think that I am maybe getting a little bit better at talking faster, working on it, trying to keep that caffeine ratio uh, up and running. Um, but it's been such a fun season. And this has been such a beautiful passion project that I thoroughly enjoy. And it is truly a passion project, although we did receive our first paycheck. Successful-ish is officially a paid podcast, uh, one penny at a time, um, <laughs> with one little sponsored ad <laughs> that I recorded myself. Excuse me. And I think what's really cool about that was it took probably a year, maybe, just about, um, and granted, that was with a little bit of space in between episodes, but it took about a year to make our first $10. And it's funny because $10 is probably the smallest amount that I've ever received for work. I think I made more for that even when I was babysitting back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I, it's really cool to see how the little tiny consistencies can add up to success. And it has just been so fun. I just sent out thank you notes to everyone who's been a guest on the show, everyone who's helped make this podcast happen um, with a dime as their paycheck uh, because we all made this happen. And someday that dime is going to be a dollar and someday maybe it'll be $10,000 and maybe it won't. Maybe this podcast will never be a paid podcast. It will always be a passion project. And I think I'm okay with that too. I think that just, just the advantage of being able to have conversations with people, um, to have a platform, to have conversations with people that I don't know would even know that I'm alive otherwise. And some of the messages that I've received from you as listeners from either listening to conversations that I've had with guests or from solo episodes, which I got to admit still feel a little foreign and uncomfortable to me. But whenever I get a message from someone telling me about how they've been inspired to pursue success or to overcome a failure or to in some way make this world a sweeter place as a result of what they have heard and learned from the podcast, I think that that really is such a beautiful gift. And that's the gift of community, of being able to find like-minded people who have different stories and different experiences, but stories that we can see ourselves in and maybe learn from and get a different perspective. And it's that communication aspect, I think, that really fuels success and makes this world a sweeter place because we're all able to encourage and inspire and learn from each other. So super thankful for everyone who has been on the podcast, who has been a part of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you to you who are listening. I love to hear from you. So please keep sending me the emails, embrace the ish at gmail.com. Um, keep hanging out with me on social media at just Sarah Michelle is my social media at embrace the ish is the podcast social media. I do check everything pretty regularly. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your stories, um, your successes. If you have recommendations of people that you think should be interviewed or topics that you would like covered, would love to hear that as well. 
So I'm excited to recap season seven. Uh, We started off with my birthday episode. It launched on my 33rd birthday, and I decided to share 33 success lessons that I've learned in my 33 years of life. And every year, it's sort of a... um, just a personal thing. Like my, my birthday is sort of my own new year's resolution. And so that's the time that I reflect on everything I've done in that year, everything that I've learned. <laughs> Excuse me. I uh, guys, my voice is cutting in and out because I am recovering from COVID, uh, which I am totally fine. All good. Um, but had a couple weeks ago and this cough is lingering. And rather than making our sweet producer, Zach Lewinter, chop out every single cough. Um, you might just have to bear with me a little bit on this recap episode. But on my on my birthday every year, I reflect and I try to think about things that I've learned and where I'm at in life. And I had this idea to share one thing for every year of my life. And about an hour and a half into recording, I realized I was only in my teen years and I thought you have made a terrible mistake. This was a terrible idea. What were you thinking? You should just abort the mission right now and just do something different. Um, But I'd already invested an hour and a half of my time just in recording. I'd already spent time thinking about my 33 life lessons. And I thought, you know what? I'm okay. Uh, If no one listens to this episode because it's too long, this will just be for me. This will be something that I can listen to a year from now, five years from now. And it was actually a really cool exercise. Um, I would encourage anyone to try it on your own, to think of one piece of wisdom that you picked up in every year of life. And so I thought about, you know, something I can take away from being one or two or 15 or 20. And it was cool to be able to really think about how much I have learned in my life and how much those learnings and that wisdom has helped me accomplish and to reflect back on some of the successes that I've achieved in my life and many of which were derived from failure, from learning lessons. And it's a really cool way to reframe how beautiful and powerful failure can be. So um, thank you to those of you who stuck it out for the full two hours, two and a half hours, however long that one was. Um, I promise most episodes will not be that long. Um, but the other thing that I realized with that episode too is that I I personally have an insecurity of talking too much because I have had people in my life who have told me that I talk too much, that nobody really wants to listen to me. I also work in the world of advertising, which is all about the ever-shortening attention span. You got to capture it in two seconds. Don't spend too long. And I'm a very wordy person. I like to fully articulate my thoughts. And so um, it's always a little bit of a challenge for me. And as I was feeling the insecurities and hearing those voices, um, a couple out loud, some of them in my head, but hearing the voices that were telling me, like, who's going to want to listen to you? Just talk about what you think for two and a half hours. Who do you think you are? Um Right around that time of recording that and having those insecurities, I actually listened to a Joe Rogan podcast. And I'm not the hugest, I'm not like a Joe Rogan junkie. I don't agree with all of his views. Um, but I do think he is a brilliant communicator. I, I like his communication style. And I say that with the caveat that I have only listened to maybe 
three or four of his conversations ever. Um, so I have not listened to every episode. I know that he's a controversial figure. I can't speak to that because I don't know. Um, but I did listen to a full, I think it was three and a half hours of a conversation that he had with Miley Cyrus. And it took me a few days. I listened to it over the span, I think, of a week of various driving um, driving trips. But I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and was kind of bummed when it was over. And I found that again, I listened to another one of his episodes that was probably around three hours and the same thing. I was sort of bummed when it was over because I felt like there was more that could have been said. And I think that was a good reminder for me, even just thinking about how many books I read and how many people, um, like Brene Brown, where I will read her book and it's not enough. And so I still go and I dig up her videos and her social media and I want to hear as much as possible. And it inspires me and encourages me. I learn from it. Um, so I think that I think that often we can get in this headset where we just feel egotistical for putting ourselves out there. And I think that that has been a relearning for me of instead of thinking of it as ego of, oh, I'm so awesome. So I'm going to talk for four hours and tell everyone what I think, because obviously I'm the best. It's really more so coming from a place of generosity and love and compassion and thinking, these are the things that I wish I knew. Or these are the things that I want to know, and that's why I'm asking these questions to guests. And so if I can generously share the knowledge that has helped me in life with others, I don't think there's anything egotistical about that. I actually think it's kind of selfish to be a wisdom hoarder and to not share that along. And there will always be people who will think that I'm just full of it or, you know, who are you to have a podcast? Who are you to you know what? I'm just Sarah Michelle. It's literally in my name. I am who I am. And you either like me or you don't. And if you don't, you don't have to listen to me. It's okay. You can turn it off. You can listen to someone else. You can choose to listen to whoever you want. You can choose to spend your time however you want. And I'm not offended by that. So I think that it's been a learning curve for me um, as I have sort of stubbornly gone against wanting to be a public figure, but also really wanted to put some noise into this world um, that I wish I had heard earlier, or I guess rather interrupt the noise that's in the world with a little bit of just a little bit of what has helped me navigate the noise, a little bit of what has helped me survive and thrive in life. I want to be able to pay that forward. So that was what I took away from that birthday episode. I hope that you took something fun away from it. And I would love to hear some of your learning lessons. If you have some that you want to email me or send me, I would love to know um, sort of what came up for you if you decide to go through that birthday exercise. Uh, we also did our first April Fool series, which was really fun. And this idea happened because I had been hearing different people who were making so many excuses for why they weren't pursuing success. And I had a friend in particular who was just very negative and just, you know, they felt like they were stuck, but they weren't pursuing anything because they didn't have a degree and they weren't the right age and they didn't have the right connections. And it was just all these excuses. And it made me think about times in my life where I haven't pursued success because of things that I have believed to be true. And the reality is that these are all excuses. 
and that there are so many successful people who have found success without these things that we think that we have to have. And I am such a memoir junkie. I love reading people's memoirs. I love reading people's bios. I'm a huge fan of reading stories from other people. And what I love from reading success stories, and I actually, my grandma asked me this a couple weeks ago. She came to visit and she asked me, she was like, you know, you read so many of those self-help books and those celebrity memoirs. Like, don't you ever get tired of reading the same thing over and over and over? And I thought it was kind of a funny question. And I told her, you know, I actually think that it's really cool being able to read the same thing over and over, but from different stories and perspectives, because I get to learn the unique story of whoever wrote the book, but also I look for the things that I see over and over. And if I see something five, six, 10 times, that's obviously a common trait. If 10 different successful people have discovered that meditation has helped them be more successful, I'm going to try meditation. And that for me was the first time, um, the first example in my life of digging into success. And I think, I think I've shared on the podcast before when I was in my twenties and I worked for an agency, that was part of what I did for my professional development was I researched the success of others and particularly others who were in advertising and creative spaces. And I tried to look for the common factors. And at the time I was so against, not against meditation. I just, I thought it was hokey. I thought it was hippie. I was so not in that world but I couldn't refute the fact that literally every story, every success article that I read dealt with meditation in some form or another. And so I started trying to incorporate that. And I found, you know what, actually, <laughs> this does actually really help. This does fuel my success. And so I love looking for the commonalities. And one other commonality that's in almost every success story is that they just figured it out. There is no, like when you're reading these stories, it's not like, oh, every single successful person went and got a PhD or every single successful person was between 25 and 30 or every single successful person had a buttload of money. Those are not common factors. In fact, those are very rare in most success stories. The common factors have been tenacity, resilience, and just pure ambition and drive to figure something out. And so I wanted to address some of the top beliefs that I hear around success. And um, so we started off with no education or no formal experience. The idea that you had to have a formal education or formal experience to be successful. And we had Krista Berry, who is very successful. She has been successful in her career. She's built her own business. She is an author, a speaker, um, a sought after speaker. She's a very big deal in her world. And no formal education. She just really figured it out herself. And John Stryker, who switched over into book publishing, and as I was interviewing several different publishers for my book, I was very impressed with him and his knowledge and his abilities, not just in the publishing space, but just to be able to present himself and to present what was necessary to publish a book really well and really articulately, despite having no formal experience. And I think that 
that was a fun episode because I feel like those two are just such big sticking points. And I think that that's something that is changing for the better in our country. Um, at least in the U.S., I'm seeing more and more job descriptions that are asking for either a degree or equivalent experience. And I think that I think that formal education, formal experience can be great. It can look good on a resume. But I will tell you, the best education and experience is jumping in and figuring it out. And when I trace back my career and all the things that I have tried, um, I actually think it's kind of funny that I I remember interviewing for a social media position for Catalina Island uh, off the coast of Los Angeles in California, and I wanted that job so bad. And I was a finalist. I was a top two finalist. And they ended up choosing someone else because they felt like they really wanted to prioritize social media, um, which was not in the original job posting or it would have played that up. But they wanted someone who was better at social media. So they went with the other candidate. And I thought that it was ironic that the next job I got was actually a very um, high profile social media position with a global finance company in Boston. And when I was at that company, I had thought about, you know, I would really love a job in branding, but I don't know anything about branding. I don't have any experience in branding. And when I ended up starting my own marketing agency, um, that marketing aspect was very short-sighted, short-ended, and I ended up becoming a brand expert. And um, I think that I have, I'm not saying this, without humility, but I think that I have some of the best brand expertise in the industry. And it was because I paid attention and I figured it out and I asked the right questions and I was curious and I I learned how to think. I learned how to hear what was really being said and see what was really happening in front of me. And I think that those abilities are not something that you can learn from formal education or formal experience. Those skills of really being able to be yourself and to trust yourself and to have confidence in your opinion and perspective and to have the humility and curiosity to learn from others. Those are the things that really make us successful and get us ahead in life. And so I loved hearing the stories from Krista and John and the reminders of that and how they have developed success. The next episode we had in the series was with Dennis Selke and Laura Di Benedetto for being too old or too young. Um, by now, I believe Dennis has his uh, official degree in architecture. So excited for him. 30 years after starting, finally finished because that was something that he was passionate about that he wanted to do. And all of his life and business experience along the way has helped him become even better at where he's at now. And so congratulations to Dennis on that. I love that story. I hear so often, I think that that anxiety of I'm too old and it's crazy because I feel myself feeling that sometimes too, when I look at 30 under 30 lists and I'm like, oh, well, it's too late for me because the 30 ship has already sailed. I'm already basically downhill. Might as well just crawl under the blanket and call it quits. And that's crazy because if you're in your fifties, you still have half your life ahead of you. You have so much ahead of you. There's so much to accomplish. And there are so many people who didn't even start achieving brilliant levels of success until much later in life. Um, Vera Wang, JK Rowling. Um, I'm trying to think of some other examples. I know there's been some movie stars who got really late start, uh, really late starts in life. 
it doesn't matter how old you are. It matters how you show up and how you use the experience that you have to make the most of the opportunities that are in front of you. And I love that reminder that it is never too old to get started. You can pursue something at any point in time in life. Um, And then Laura DiBenedetto Uh, was an interesting conversation because candidly, I do not share all of her viewpoints. Um, And we, we had not met prior to recording. And I think that that was something that was new with this season as well, was that all of the past seasons, I was talking to people who I either knew personally, or I had spent a fair amount of time stalking them um, and, quote, knowing them through social media, through their website, through their work. So this was really the first time that I reached out to people and just kind of did an open casting call and really didn't know much about the guests, which was a little bit anxiety-inducing because, you know, I work in branding, I work in content, and um, quality is really important to me, consistency is really important to me, and I just didn't know what to expect with some of these guests. So I will say it led to some amazing conversations, um, conversations that I don't know that we otherwise would have had. Um, we met people like Janine and uh, Judy V came from that open call. Um, Dana Ferrant came from that open call. Ramona Schmidt came from that open call. Uh, Pat Butita. So many. Some of those episodes you haven't heard yet. They're coming down the way. Um, but such good conversations. But I think Laura was the first who I knew nothing about her. Um, and she was referred from someone else. And so it was an interesting conversation to have with someone where you're in the middle of conversation and you kind of realize partway through I don't think I agree with this. Like, I don't know that we see eye to eye on these things, but I love talking to people who have different perspectives. And I think that what was interesting of her perspective to me was how she has used, um, I don't know if bitterness is the right word, but she's kind of used that chip on her shoulder to build her own success in business and kind of has made that her brand. And I think that it was an interesting perspective because I, I can relate a lot to having, um, having some of that, that bitterness and having some of the resentment. And sometimes when we struggle or when things are hard or when we're too young and people don't take us seriously, I know that it was very hard for me to feel like I had that chip on my shoulder. And um, I think that it was an interesting, it made me think a lot about what to do with it. What do we do with those feelings? Because I think that I tend to believe that we can choose to be bitter or better. And I think that I have worked really hard in my life to not let bitterness and resentment keep me down, but instead to just grow from it, learn from it. Um, and did not hold it against people because that's energy that I'm wasting that doesn't, you know, it's not other people's energy. It's my energy. But I also think that sometimes holding on to some of that and remembering it, it can give us a sense of, um, a sense of compassion and a sense of perspective for the future. And I know that was something that we talked about for both of us. We feel very strongly about treating interns kindly, Um, I, it's been well over a decade and it's not to say that I harbor a grudge over any of it, but 
I do remember being mistreated in my 20s. I do remember vividly workplace abuse. And I remember people who were in influential positions in my life, who were bosses in my life, who were, you know, self-proclaimed mentors in my life, who were in a position of power and spoke death into my life. And I know what that did to me versus the people who were supportive and kind and believed in me. And that reminds me continually of the power that I have in my words and my presence. And I might not think anything of it. I'm in my 30s now, and it is um, easy to forget that kids are humans. And when I run into kids, whether it's a little kid or whether it's a college kid or, a, you know, in their 20s, not really a kid, but I sort of see them as a kid, I'm reminded of what that felt like to be dismissed when I was young. And the crazy thing is that looking back even now, I had so much to offer in my 20s. I A lot of my views that have made me successful now in my business that people pay me big money for, I had when I was in my 20s. I just didn't have any proof of concept and people wouldn't listen to me or take me seriously. And so I am continually reminded of, you know what, young people are growing up in a new culture. They're learning things that I haven't learned. And one of my favorite things is to be invited onto college campuses and to speak to students. And I speak to a lot of marketing students, a lot of advertising students. And I love hearing their take on advertising and marketing because it reminds me to never be so cocky in my knowledge that I stop learning, that I stop asking questions, that I stop thinking about things differently. Um, So I loved the conversation. It was just a reminder that that whole episode, the age really has nothing to do with it. Wherever you're at in life, it's about taking your skills and your voice and using that to create success. The next episode, Janine Gates on having a past. That was such a beautiful conversation. I love Janine. We've talked a couple times since just as girlfriends because I think she's so fun. She's so sassy and inspiring. And um, she's just a really fun person to get to know. So I highly recommend spend some time with her on social media. Keep up with what she's doing in her life. Um, But that conversation was interesting because – It made me realize the difference of life perspective that we can have. Um, I have very limited perspective on, well, I have no perspective on what it's like to live through the prison system. I've never been in the prison system, but I also, I don't know that I know anyone personally while they've been in the prison system. I have known a small handful of people um, who did time in the past, and I know a little bit about their experience, but that has not been my experience of having friends or family members where that's a common thing. And that conversation was a reminder of how common that actually can be in certain neighborhoods, um, in certain geographies, in certain socioeconomic states. And it, she made a comment on that episode. I asked her about how she felt inside the cell, if she ever felt unsafe, if she felt like I don't belong here with all these people, or if she felt like, oh, we're all in this together. Like, what was her perspective like? And she made a comment that, she was more afraid of the guards on the outside 
than the air quote criminals inside. And that broke my heart a little bit because I think that that is the case um, in many situations in life. But also, I think that this conversation, one takeaway was the importance of realizing the power that we have in our words and how we might be creating problems that could be avoided. And one thing that she pointed out that I completely agree with is the use of the word criminal. And it's a very harsh word that can define someone. And there are a lot of people in the prison system who don't deserve to be there. Um, You can look up the statistics, but there is an alarming amount of people who are falsely accused. There's a lot of people in the prison system who are there because there weren't a lot of options available to them because of what they were born into, because of what exists around them. There's a lot of people in the prison system because they have not had access to the right mental health resources. And of course, there are some people in the prison system who did wrong things and, you know, maybe deserve to be there. But I think that the language that we use of calling someone a criminal or having a mistake permanently define someone, I think that that is a huge disservice, not just to them as a person, but to our whole culture as a society. Because how tragic would it be if each of us was defined by the one worst thing that we did in our lives? And how tragic would it be if we didn't believe in second chances and we didn't encourage people to to become something new, to learn from their past and to become the best versions of themselves. And I think that so often when we speak death to people, when we when we keep people when we keep people planted in the mistakes that they've made in their past and we don't see the best in them and we instead look at them through a lens of failure and through the lens of the worst things they've done, we tend to become what other people expect of us. I think we've all had that experience where if we know that someone doesn't expect anything of us, we're probably not going to go above and beyond. You know, if I know that someone is expecting, like no one's expecting me to do anything, I'm not going to be real inspired to show up. But if I know that someone thinks that I am smart and talented and amazing, I'm going to try my best to live up to those positive attributes and I'm going to become that best version of myself. And so I think that 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 was my takeaway from the episode was just the importance of looking at people through a lens of the best version of themselves. And I say that with the caveat that Sometimes we need to let people be who they choose to be. Um, I definitely have struggled with being too far on the other end where I have fallen in love with people's potential and not listened to them when they tell me over and over and over again that they do not want to live in that potential. They just want to make the choices they're making. Sometimes you just have to leave people with the consequences of their decisions. Um, But I think that it's really important to, to look for ways that we can encourage and inspire the best in each other. And I think in any kind of context, whatever it might be, um, I just think that that's really important. And I thought that she had such a beautiful attitude about her whole experience. And I think that her views on overcoming generational curses, generational cycles were really powerful as well. I think that 
I think that that's a very difficult thing to do. Um, I know that that's something that I have spent a lot of time and energy and therapy on trying to overcome uh, generational cycles and to be able to see them break is a really cool thing. And I've actually seen some of them start to work back up the other way um, where at first, you know, I was the black sheep, I was the rebel. And then I see some of it kind of rubbing off on earlier generations. And I see them getting to watch me live in the freedom that they maybe were missing because of beliefs and things that had gone on in life. And so to be able to be a part of breaking that cycle is really cool And I hope that in breaking those cycles, I can use my life to inspire other people to break their own. So highly recommend if you're going to listen to an episode, um, especially from that series, listen to Janine Gates. It was just an amazing conversation. And the last one in that series was Lori Kelly, one of my favorite people. Um, I have to apologize to Lori because I neglected to spell her last name correctly. And I'm normally so good about that. Um, But we have had some other Kellys on the podcast uh, who spell Kelly differently. And so I completely messed up on spelling her name. Um, And then I was sick. I got COVID. And so all of the uh, pre- spelling names. Um, so the, before they were corrected ended up getting shared again on different social media channels. And so multiple times, um, her last name has been spelled incorrectly. So Lori publicly apologize for neglecting the second E in Kelly. Um, but I, Lori is so fun. Uh, we met doing Krav Maga and she is just a firehouse. She's so strong. She's so dynamic. And we talked about, um, about gender and about being a woman in a male-dominated industry. And I think that it's really cool the career she's been able to build for herself where she actually manages teams of men in the engineering field. Um, She's also won awards for beer brewing, which is also pretty cool. Um, So I think it was an interesting conversation. And we did talk a little bit about things like the, the pay gap and um, some different misogyny that can exist in business. And I think that it was a good conversation because I feel like, again, kind of going back to what I was saying with Janine, I think that sometimes we need to go in with a brighter perspective on things to better fuel success. And I believe it's Andy Stanley. He has a great talk on trust versus suspicion and how the difference of what a leadership team can do if a leadership team comes in and has a spirit of suspicion versus a spirit of trust. And if you have a spirit of suspicion, you're kind of assuming that everyone in the office is slacking off. You're assuming that no one is showing up to do their best. You're assuming no one cares. You're assuming the worst of people. You're very suspicious of their intention. And it creates this really toxic culture because nobody trusts anyone. And so it just creates a discomfort and a lack of success versus if you have a spirit of trust, which is where you trust people. And we're seeing a lot of this with the whole great resignation that's going on is that, I mean, there's so many companies that have that spirit of suspicion and they're losing employees because they're insisting that people have to be in an office where they can monitor them 24-7 and make sure that they're doing their job. And as a business owner, I have to say, if you don't think someone can be trusted to do their job and do it well, you shouldn't hire them. You should hire people who you trust to be amazing at what they do and then let them do it. 
hire someone smart and then get the heck out of their way and let them do what they were hired to do. And I loved the conversation that we had um, just talking about some of the misogyny and the gender gap and the things that exist, but also the importance of not going in with the assumption that it's there and to go in assuming the best in people, to assume that, you know, our male counterparts want us to be compensated well and treated well. Um, that can make a big difference. I think, again, we rise and fall to the expectations that are put on us. And so to expect the best from people and to presume that that's where they're at, a lot of times people will just step into that role. And a lot of times if we expect the worst, they will rise down into that role. And so I think it was a really good conversation. She had some helpful tips on what to do if we do run into, um, you know, gender gaps, pay gaps, all those kinds of things, uh, but also just how to carry yourself as a leader, which I think is a lot of what we need to work on um, as women. I think that it's just something we're newer to the workforce. There's a lot of cultural dynamics uh, that we have to overcome. And so I think that often it's not to say that there's not misogyny and difficulty and challenge that exists because there absolutely is. But I also think that often we have more power than we think we do. And I think sometimes being underestimated can be the best skill set. So um, listen to the, this series, the April Fool series, so inspiring. There were so many people who just kicked these myths to the curb, and I loved hearing their success stories. The next series that we went into uh, was a little bit more about just getting things done, about inspiration and mindset. Um, started off with an episode about ambition and drive, uh, which is one of my favorite conversations. Um, and I loved it so much I had it twice. If you heard the episode, you heard about how I recorded a whole episode and then realized I was on mute. Um <laughs> So my bad. Um, but I loved having that conversation because ambition and drive is something that is so important to me. And it's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. And I love that when I shared that episode, I had so many people reach out to me and tell me, oh my God, I feel the same way. Like, I can't believe someone else feels this way. Um, and I also had a couple people reach out and tell me, you know, I, I haven't listened to the podcast before. I've just, you know, they've talked to me as friends and they're like, you are a little bit different on the podcast. Like you're very bubbly and outspoken and really fun to listen to. And I wasn't really sure how to take that. Like, oh, are you saying that I'm not fun to listen to uh, outside of a podcast? Um, but it was an interesting perspective that I feel like uh, some of my friends got to know me in a different way by hearing some of my candid views about ambition and drive. And it was just a fun conversation to talk about the, the frustration that I have felt with the lack of ambition and drive and where I think some of that comes from and how we can tap into having more ambition and drive. And I think that those two things are just so important right now, more than ever. I think that we need something to be ambitious about. And I think that, I think that that's something that 
we've struggled with, um, particularly post COVID because life has just been hard and it's been very difficult to be ambitious when it feels like the finish line keeps moving further and further away. Things are getting more expensive. Things are getting crazier. We are realizing we have less control than we would like to have. And I think that it's so important to find an ambition that gets us out of bed every day. I think it's so important to tap into that. And I think that equally, it's so important to develop the drive to actually make it happen. I think that there are so many people, um, particularly in the world I'm in, in branding and business that just spend so much time and money on motivational speaking and coaches and, you know, they have all the ambition and they aren't doing anything to make it happen. And I think that, again, going back to this idea of entitlement, I think that sometimes we think that success is going to be handed to us. And I think that it's so important that we develop the drive to create the life that we want and to remember what a privilege and blessing it is that we have that. Like there are people all over the world who do not have that, who don't have the option of creating a better life for themselves, even if they wanted to. And I think that when I think about how amazing it is, how many, how people literally risk their lives to be in this country because of opportunity. It makes me not want to take it for granted. It makes me want to show up with my fullest best self every day and appreciate the resources that are available to me to appreciate that the ability to work my ass off to achieve something, the ability that I have to build something that can provide for me, can, that can create a legacy for future generations, the ability that I have to work hard to contribute to this world is such a privilege and a blessing. And I don't want to take that for granted. I want to make the most of it. And so um, that conversation, uh, as far as solo episodes go, that one was just so important and um, one that I have listened back to just because I need the reminder for myself. So that episode was as much for me as for anyone else. Um, but I really, really enjoyed digging into that topic. And I think that those that idea of ambition and drive uh, carried out through a lot of future conversations. So definitely encourage you to check that one out. Um, the next one was with one of my favorite people to stalk on social media, Josh Amarello. We talked about creative paths to success. And Josh is the owner of Amp Academy. He's a professional parkourist and free runner. Free runner. Say that five times fast. Um, and we talked about the difference between parkour and free running um, because I didn't know that there was a difference. I didn't know what free running was. I thought it was all parkour. Um, but I love Josh and I love watching him on Instagram because he has such a killer work ethic. And if you follow him on Instagram, his content is fun. It's engaging. It's a lot of him um, playing at Amp Studio. I don't know if that's the right word, playing, working out. I, I'm not really sure what to call it, um, but it's a lot of just him doing the different obstacles. It's almost like a... Um, kind of like a ninja warrior course, uh, but just the things that he's able to do. And the other thing that I love about watching his Instagram stories and his Instagram feed is that he shares a lot of his failures too. Like he'll show off really cool stuff that's really impressive, but he also shows off a lot of mess ups and screw ups and just his ability to laugh it off and keep trying and keep showing up. Like it's not a big deal. And, um, 
failure has become such a part of his brand where it it's like a normal thing. Like you're watching and you're like, oh, I'm going to watch him fail at this thing 10 times. But I know that on the 11th time that he posts, he's going to get it. And I love being able to watch that evolution. And I think that Josh is such an inspiring entrepreneur because of the community he's been able to build around him and the optimism that he brings to being able to pursue dreams and to keep showing up and to figuring things out. Um, So if you're looking for some inspiration, check out that episode and then follow him on Instagram. Um, He's really great content and uh, he's just a really inspiring person to have in your corner. Um, Speaking of inspiration, uh, the next episode, one of my favorites was Judy V. And we talked about empowerment and forgiveness. And Judy was locked up in a basement and used as a slave for the first 20 years of her life. She endured horrific abuse. And the first thing that I noticed about Judy when we started talking was how exquisitely lovely she was. She had this soft, gentle voice and just this compassion and this loving tone. And she's just a really beautiful soul. And in the course of that conversation and talking about empowerment and talking about how she was able to escape Um, at age 20 from 20 years of abuse, like literally never knowing a life outside of that, coming close to death several times before 20, she was able to escape and then get herself a six-figure position over in London and talk about perspective. Um, For all of the times that I have felt, quote, stuck or like a prisoner or like, oh, my life is hard. Poor me. I'm not able to achieve what I want. And then, you know, you share your hardships with someone and they say, oh yeah, I can totally relate. I was locked in my basement for 20 years before I made six figures. It puts some things into perspective. Um, it, it really put things into perspective and I love that she was able to figure that out, to figure out how to be a human, um, to figure out how to be in the workforce, to figure out how to take care of herself, because those are not easy things to do, especially if you did not have parents teaching you how to do that. And I think that I was very fortunate in having parents who loved me and cared about me, but also um, I had to learn a lot and unlearn a lot in my 30s. And it was very difficult for me to basically reparent myself. And I can't imagine trying to do that with zero context for what a healthy life can look like. And so I have such admiration for what she was able to do, what she's been able to do since. Um, and also listening to her talk about forgiveness. And she talks about going back and being able to talk to her father and forgive him. And she has such a beautiful explanation of what forgiveness is and why it's important and why that is vital to empowerment and how to let things go and how to create a really beautiful life that is not poisoned with the past of what other people did in our lives. And I, I will be honest, after that conversation was over, I sat at my desk for a good few minutes just 
completely unable to move or talk. And I just sat and cried a little bit. I was so overwhelmed. Um, I, I mean, the thought of anyone harming a child, it, it makes me physically ill. Like I had a visceral response to it. Um, and it, it reminded me also of the importance of having ambition and drive. It's not just ambition for the sake of having it or for creating something in my life. It is remembering that life is not just about me, that there are other people on this planet, that there are children on this planet who need to know that they are loved and safe and have opportunity and that they have purpose and that they matter. And unfortunately, not every child has a parent to provide that to them. And so whatever capacity it's in, I feel like I have an obligation. I have an obligation to look out for the future generation. I have an obligation to look out for others on this planet and not in a savior complex kind of way. I'm not looking to save the world, but I do think that whoever is in my immediate circle, whoever I have access to, I think that it is imperative for me to show up and to love others well. And I think that um, that conversation with Judy just, it really changed me. And for the better, it just, it's one that I will come back to. Um, it's such a beautiful conversation, a beautiful perspective. If you're going to listen to an episode, listen to that one with Judy V. Um, it is so powerful and I promise you'll walk away changed. And uh, for me, it just inspired so much with perspective and with, um, you know, as a result of her going through that and of being brave and being able to confront her past, she was able to change the entire legal system in her country and protect God knows how many kids as a direct result of that. And I think that that is a powerful, powerful reminder too, is that no matter what you've gone through in life, no matter what abuse or trauma it's not your fault, but now that you're an adult, it's your responsibility. You get to decide what you're going to do with that. And it might not be fair and it might not be right, but we get the power and the responsibility to decide whether we're going to let that destroy us for the rest of our lives. Or if we are going to do the hard work to get the therapy, to work on ourselves, to process what has happened and to decide how to create a healthy life moving forward. And I think that that truly is the beauty and empowerment in realizing that it doesn't matter what's been done in the past or what decisions other peoples have made or what circumstances are around us. What matters is how we choose to respond to whatever cards we are dealt. The next conversation was with Liz Recchia, uh, one of my aunts, my dad's sister. You might remember Steve Matley from an earlier season. We talked about negotiation and um, my aunt Liz is so much fun. She is the firecracker of the family. She is known for being just loud and outspoken and just always worked up over something. Um, and we had a really fun conversation that was not the original conversation we were going to have. Uh, originally, 
the conversation was going to be on taking initiative. And we did talk a little bit about that, but most of our conversation was actually about family and politics. And after a very successful career in real estate, she now is a government affairs director. And if anyone knows how to get shit done, it is Liz Recchia. She just knows how to get in and make things happen. And she is extremely smart. Um, I think that there are a fair amount of people who are probably afraid of her. Um, and she's just, she's so kind and compassionate, but she just knows how to get things done and she doesn't have time or patience for the bullshit. And I love that about her. I know that I share some of that. I I know that that is a family genetic, um, that came through the line and I, I definitely have a piece of that. So I have such an appreciation and admiration for her showing up and being able to say like, no, that's bullshit. Like let's, Let's have an honest conversation and actually get stuff done. Um, and it was a really good conversation just about what growing up in a family taught her about politics because she made this comment about how family is basically the smallest political unit. Um, it's our smallest little micro society. You have to figure out how to coexist within your family and what she learned from that and having, you know, five brothers and sisters who all have different personalities and two parents who have very different personalities and that whole family dynamic and how that taught her about being in a local community and figuring out ways to make things happen, even with opposing views, because we think about politics, we think about these polarizing views and people who are totally opposite. But when you're on a local level, you really don't have an option to not do something like you have to be able to coexist. These are your neighbors. You're seeing them every day. It's a little different than national politics where you can just sort of be a keyboard warrior and never see someone who disagrees with you in a community. Like you're living with these people. They're your neighbors. You see them at the grocery store. You, they go to your kids' schools. And so it was a really fun conversation just to talk about how to get things done, how to get to the core of a conversation and how to be able to navigate conflict in a way that actually brings resolve. Um, so super fun conversation. Check that one out. The next conversation uh, was a solo episode on how to have a pity party. And this is a really fun episode because um, as an entrepreneur, I have learned how to have pity parties. I have them pretty regularly. And it is kind of funny because um, we think of it as a negative thing, but when you are an entrepreneur, it's a different way of thinking about life. Like you no longer have a consistent paycheck. And around the time that I was an entrepreneur, I also went through my divorce. I also left my religion. I went from being in a very structured conveyor belt kind of world where I literally, you know, the Bible was presented as a black and white rule book. Like I literally went from feeling like I had a user manual on life. I had a black and white answer on literally everything. I went from that and having authority in my life, so much authority, parents, husband, um, church leaders, bosses, telling me what to do to all of a sudden being dumped in a situation where I was completely on my own. I was single. Um, my family doesn't live near me. I was running my own business, so I didn't have a boss. I left the church, so I didn't have pastors. So I completely transitioned into having to be fully in control of my own life and make all of my own decisions. 
And it was a really big adjustment for me. Um, it was a challenge, but also extremely freeing. And one of the things that came with that was the panic and the feeling like I can't do this. Life is hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a support system. And I think that it, it took me a while to realize how natural that is because I thought that I was the only one. I thought that, I don't know, I guess I thought that everyone else had it figured out and I was the only one that was struggling. And the more that I was honest about my struggles, because I think so many of us try to just show up with a brave face and fake it till we make it. The more that I was honest with people about my struggles and I would talk to people who I thought were wildly successful and they would say, oh my God, I'm in the same boat. Like I feel like a failure too. And you start to realize that that is just normal. That is a normal part of life to go through highs and lows. And it's a normal part of entrepreneurship to have a 20,000 month and to have a $20 month. That is just how it goes. And so I learned how to put time limits on my pity parties. And I would have like, okay, for five minutes, I'm going to feel my feels and then I need to get over it. And this is something that has served me so well, like not just in business, it served me um, with dating. There's a lot of assholes in this world. Uh, I'm I'm sure that there are bad women too. I haven't dated any women, so I can't speak to that. Uh, ladies, you can probably attest there's a lot of assholes in this world. And rather than taking so much time and energy obsessing over what, you know, how they hurt us or what they did wrong, have a designated amount of time to grieve the loss, to, you know, recognize, oh, well, made a mistake there. Like, should have trusted my gut or like, oh, okay, well, I see how I shouldn't have let that happen. Or, you know, I see what kind of person he is. And now I'm going to make a note to not find that kind of person in the future. It happens to the best of us, but putting a time limit on it helps us be able to sort of process and feel what we need to feel because I don't think that we should be dismissive of our feelings. I think we should acknowledge it, but also to not let it consume us. And so often that's the problem is that we let that negative energy consume us. And if something goes wrong, it's no longer a bad thing. It's a bad day which becomes a bad week, which becomes a bad month. And so recognizing that I have the power to say, okay, like I'm going to compartmentalize. Like I am going to focus on getting things done. I'm going to focus on moving forward. I'm going to feel my feels. And then we move forward and then we move on. Um, it's been really helpful for me. It has helped me tremendously both in business and life and I had mentioned it to a few people who were sort of having those feelings, whether it was through a work struggle or a breakup or whatever it was going on in life. And I started telling people about how I had pity parties and it just generated so much interest that I decided to do a whole episode on how to successfully have a pity party. And, um, it was a really fun conversation. So if you find yourself having pity parties, if you find yourself struggling, um, or if you are an entrepreneur, then I know that you have struggles and pity parties. That episode is for you. Uh, moving into June, we did a little bit of a creative series, which was so much fun because I live in the creative world and, um, you may know that that's how this podcast started was in the world of business and branding and creativity. So I love that I got to dedicate a full month, um, and a bonus little bit in July to creativity. We kicked off with another one of my family members, Dave Matley, who is a brilliant designer. He has just had a phenomenal career in design. And 
that was one of my favorite conversations just from a, a professionally and intellectually stimulating perspective. Um, we talked a lot about design and brand and how design has changed in the modern world of, of people caring about social responsibility and caring about um, the integrity and values behind a brand and what that's had to how that's had to be reflected in design. And that was a really fun conversation. We talked about some of the design principles that you have to have, um, what to think about before you hire a designer or um, find a design team or do your own design. So if you are in any kind of business that does anything with graphics, with design, with branding, definitely listen to that conversation. Um, the next in the creative series was Tori Tayanaka, who is the owner of Sparkhouse Creative. They are a phenomenal video service based in Orange County, California. And that was one of my first, I can't really call it an internship. I, I shadowed for a day and I just remember thinking they were the coolest group of guys. They were so talented back then and they've become even more talented since they're doing, you know, multi-million dollar projects now. Um, and we talked a lot about his process of starting his company as a kid, basically, and how he was able to build up a reputation and credibility. Um, we talked a lot about video, video principles, video budgets, what to think about before you do a video or before you hire someone to do a video. So again, if you are in any kind of business world that does advertising, particularly if you do anything with video advertising, um, or if you are on the creative side and you want to be involved on the video side of things, definitely check out that conversation. Um, it was really helpful, not just from the perspective of what to think about with videos and how that can grow a business and how that plays into creativity, but also just inspiring to hear how Tori grew his business and grew his credibility from nothing into something that is just phenomenally credible and successful. So check that episode out. Um, next was Kristen Kidd and David Weir of Lux Summit Studio. They are very talented photographers. I've had the pleasure of helping to build their brand with them. And the two of them are so much fun. I keep encouraging them to do their own podcast or video channel because I just want to talk to them all day. Uh, there's so much fun. Check out their work. Um, but this is a really great episode to talk about different photography styles. And um, they have so many different styles in their studio from branding and business and lifestyle and boudoir and pets. Um, so just so much. So if you are looking at getting photos done, whether it's professionally for your business or just personally for your family or for pets, or if you just are interested in the world of photography, check that episode out. There is a lot of good wisdom in there about what to look for when hiring a photographer, what to look for in your photos. Um, and then also the importance of photography and what that can do for just not even just your self-esteem, but just preserving your legacy and for helping you capture the highlight reel of your life. And I know that life is not just about the highlights. And sometimes there's flack on that. And we think about social media and like, oh, it's not honest because it's only showing the highlights. You know what? The highlights are the parts that are worth remembering. And I think that, yes, it's important to remember the bad things and pull wisdom from that and learn from it. Um, 
But what we want to look at and be reminded of are the highlights. It's the good things. And I love that 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 concept of Lux Summit Studio, they are so into living the Lux life, which is all about just showing up in your best light all the time. And that's what we're all about in this podcast is just really living your best life, being in your best light, showing up as your best self and celebrating that and celebrating the beauty in that. Um, so really fun conversation. We had some good laughs. Um, they are a married couple. So we talk a lot about that dynamic of what it's like to live together, work together. Um, how do you create boundaries uh, and have a successful marriage and business? Um, so super fun conversation. The next conversation, Christy Pratt. Um, I feel like we are going to become BFFs. We have hung out a few times and... Um, she's just one of my favorite people that I've ever talked to. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience of talking to someone and feeling like they were just a kindred spirit. Um, but Christy and I started talking and I almost forgot that we were podcast recording. We were supposed to have a podcast about writing and we got to talking about kickboxing and our mutual affinity for beating things up. And, um, we talked about ambition and we talked about dating and we talked about all the things and it just, we connected so strongly. And then I realized like, oh, you know, we should probably talk about the topic that we're actually supposed to talk about. Um, but she is such a fun person. She is so dynamic. Uh, she is the owner of Hustle Pretty, which is an online magazine. She is a brilliant writer, ghostwriter, um, and just a really beautiful person. She has so much life and so much, so much ambition and drive, which is probably why I completely have a girl crush on her. Um, but it was such a good conversation and I promise we do eventually talk about writing. She shares her tips on being a better writer, on how to pitch your writing to other sources. If you're wanting to get published in online magazines or print magazines or whatever that might be. Um, so we talk a little bit about pitching as well. And she shares a lot about how her background of having multiple passions and multiple jobs and experiences has helped her in her streamlined passion towards writing and has helped her um, with that creative voice. So super fun conversation. And I have a feeling that Christy will be back on the podcast someday. Um, I will definitely be talking to her again in the future. Uh, we are actually going to be pretty close to being neighbors in these next few months. So I'm looking forward to hanging out um, and having a new friend as a result of this podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then lastly, Bella Sophia, we talked about publishing and I met Bella when I was doing interviews for publishers and, um, I just, I am such a sucker for anyone with a British accent or, you know, any kind of accent. I just think it's so lovely. Um, but she's just a lovely person and she shared a lot of expertise on how to publish, whether you are self-publishing, whether you're going through a publisher, and um, she is based in the UK and just phenomenally talented in her industry. Her resume speaks for itself. And so that was a really fun conversation. Um, if you have thought about writing a book, publishing a book, or trying to find a publisher, anything in that arena, definitely check out that episode. Um, so that was season seven. Uh, we had a good mix, I think, of some really long philosophical conversations, but also some really practical um, 
particularly in the creative field. That was a really fun. If you're in any kind of business, entrepreneurial, corporate, like any kind of business or creative capacity, definitely check out the June creative series. There is so much good stuff in there from people who are just phenomenally successful in their industries. Um, so it's a really good mix. It was a fun way to kick off the new year with some really awesome conversations. I learned a lot. I am so excited to send out these dimes and these thank yous and to celebrate everyone who has made the podcast what it is. And I'm excited for episodes that are coming up, uh, moving into season eight, just to name a few. We're going to be talking to Dana Ferrant about sexual energy and how to bring that to the boardroom, not the bedroom, the boardroom. Uh, what exactly is sexual energy and how can that help us fuel our career? And no, it does not have anything to do with sex. Uh, we're talking to one of my favorite people, Renchi Tim Williams, about finishing the fight. This is part three in a series that we started a few seasons ago on self-defense. You might remember we talked to Cynthia Julicure Rude about preventing the fight before it starts. We talked to Renchi Rob about what to do when you're in the fight. And now we're talking to Renchi Tim about how to finish the fight. He has been my Krav instructor at Krav Maga for the last, I think, close to two years now. Um, he's just a really cool person. He has a lot of good wisdom and perspective to share. And um, so one of my favorite conversations, so excited to share that we are bringing back a past favorite. Uh, one of my good friends, Ralph Cooper, um, always have fun trying to say his last name that Cooper, Cooper, uh, Ralph Cooper is coming back and we're talking about what the heck are NFTs. Um, and they've been around for a while, so you might know what they are, but if you're wondering and you're starting at sort of a baseline of what are NFTs, how can I use them for my business? Um, all the basics, this is a really good episode. We had a really great conversation about NFTs, who's using them, how to use them, what we think the future is for them. Um, I'll tell you, I don't think that we, um, we have different views, I think, on what the future are. One of us is a little more skeptical than the other. I'll let you guess which one's which, but that's a really fun conversation. So don't miss that one. And um, I am doing some episodes on some more practical success tips that have been requested. I'm talking about how to successfully budget, how to live successfully and happily on a tight budget, which I'm pretty much a pro at. Uh, we're talking about time management and how to do time blocking and project blocking um, how to manage our time more effectively to pursue the successes that we're after. I'm talking about how to successfully quarterly plan, how to make a quarterly plan. Uh, and then we are having a sales conversation with Salesforce geniuses, John Patton and Billy Draper. That was a really fun conversation. Um, you might know Salesforce as one of the biggest sales products in the world. So John and Billy are stopping by from Salesforce to talk about everything you need to know to be more successful in sales. Uh, and then moving into September, we're talking to another one of my favorite people, Colin Potter, who owns Potter Quality, um, about contracting, about quality. So everything that you need to think about before you hire a contractor, uh, everything you need to think about before you DIY it, all those kinds of fun questions we are diving into. 
uh, we're going to be talking to Ramona Schmidt about how to transition from hobby to business and um, when a hobby becomes such a big passion that it's no longer a hobby. It's literally a part of our life that is as relevant as water or oxygen or eating. Um, such a good conversation. This was one of my favorites. Uh, I loved this conversation. So you're definitely going to want to meet Ramona in this episode. Um, so that uh, just a few things that you have to look forward to in future seasons. I'm so excited to have some of these conversations to keep living between the successes with you. And again, um, if you have specific things that you would like to hear or you would like to see, shoot me an email, embracetheish at gmail.com. Hang out with us online at successfulish.com, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at embracetheish. You can hang out with me personally uh, at just Sarah Michelle on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. And I cannot wait to continue embracing the ish with you. See y'all soon. Success and failure, not on opposite ends. Curveball hits, gotta know where to bend. The attitude will affect destination. And if you determines when you're gonna make it. Live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successful-ish. Live between successes, makes life rich. Live in every moment, successful-ish. Hey, successful another day, another task, think fast with a whole nother mission complete. I'm successful-ish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. I'm successful -ish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successful-ish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope with that I roll up my sleeve. Successfulish. Another day, another task. Think fast with a whole nother mission complete. Successfulish. Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see. Successfulish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successfulish. Lose a stack, get it back. Reinvest hope with that I roll up my sleeve. All this weight on my arms need both flex. In this race, put behind me most steps. Had a sort of learning curve, hope I don't crash. Hit your nerves when reserves got low cash. When I fail, realize that it won't last. You made it through when the past just Look back, successful list. You can see how the contrast fires and wins. Use the past and the bounce back. You can never win if you never go and do it. Failure is a hard road, rarely ever cruising. Embracing all my wins with a handful of losing. Expect the drought season when the plan's going fluent. I can never really feel it's all how you view it. It's all a lesson, just depends how you use it. Get all the data and keep it all exclusive. Never ending journey and the growth is therapeutic. My identity is not in what you see. I am the better me. Mistakes others make, I see. Have a teaching me. Compare yourself to others is an insult to tragedy. We are made unique, gotta use again collectively. Broke down my goals in a few little Toesome. Can't take them back cause you already spoke them Easily regressive, you don't stay focused Focus, live between success every moment Successfully, another day, another task Think fast with a whole nother mission complete I'm successful-ish Pick up the weight, press on, and act on the visions to see I'm successfully, sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve Successful-ish, lose a stack, get it back Reinvest, hope, wait, then I roll up my sleeve I'm successful-ish, another day, another task Think fast with a whole nother mission complete Successful-ish, pick up the weight Press on, and act on the visions to See, I'm successful -ish. Sit back and bask in the glory of all the goals I achieve. Successful, lose a stack, get it back, reinvest, hope with that I roll up my sleeve.